Hey, this is Steve Byrne from Sullivan & Son. You're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Gabriel Rutledge. When I started comedy, I think the first time I had an out-of-town paid show, they're like, we'll give you $100 and a hotel room. And coming from music... I was like, are you serious? Gabriel's a comedian from the Pacific Northwest, home to our friend Kermit Apayo. And uh, we talked to somebody else from uh, the Seattle area recently. I can't remember. who. Joe Larson, that's who it was. Yeah, and we'll talk to Gabriel in just a few minutes. Rock star turned comedian. We'll, uh, we'll find out all about that in just a few minutes. Song of the Week is from a band called Stereo Honey. They are from London. You can see what you think of them. But first, as always, a dumb bit. Didn't know what else to do with this, but, um, well, I thought it was funny, so I thought it would be um, a kind of uh, a, a good pick for a segment we like to sometimes call, I Thought It Was Funny. So I'm sure you've gotten this phone call as well. Um, either you've answered it directly or they will leave a voicemail for you, and well, here it is. I want you to get back to me on my department division number 86053133. I repeat eight six zero five three one three seven two two. Now, if we don't hear from you, we have to issue arrest warrant under your name and get you arrested. So get back to us as soon as possible. Thank you. How lazy are spammers and hackers getting? They can't even bother to leave the message themselves. They have the computer voice do it, uh, perhaps because their uh, English is so accented, and nothing wrong with that, obviously, but if you're you know, trying to fool Americans, you probably want to get a native speaker to do that. So they figure, well, none of us can speak English very well, or at least without an accent. We'll get a computer to do it, and then we'll do it in really terrible English, <laughs> as in, we're going to get you arrested. So what I wanted to do was, and I couldn't find a way to do this easily, you used to be able to do this in Windows a long time ago, was I think it was called Windows uh, Voice or something like that. But um, anyway, I was going to just uh, call the number back if I could decipher it because it's hard to even understand that and say something like, um, please stop calling me with your spam call. I know this is a spam call. I will get you arrested and report you to Interpol or something like that. I thought it was funny. Gabriel Rutledge is a comedian from Olympia, Washington, and we're going to find out how he went from being a rock musician to being a stand-up comedian. Here now is our interview with Gabriel Rutledge. It's a snow day, so uh, there's a lot of screaming children in my house. So are you in uh, Seattle? Yeah, actually, Olympia. Little Olympia. South of Seattle, but yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know our friend Kermit Apayo? I do, very well. Yeah, friend of the show. Interviewed him many times uh, right. for City Pages, and uh, yeah, great guy. A good egg, as Jackie Cation would say. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so, uh, you, know, you, you uh, bear a striking resemblance to Dave Grohl in your pictures. Is that just a, a Northwestern look, or is that just coincidence? <laughs> I really, I really do look super Northwest. There's no getting around that. Uh, 
No, you know, before I had long hair uh, and a beard, I uh, I got a lot more Tim Curry. But as soon as I grew the oh. hair, I can get David Grohl all the time. I can David see that. Sure. Yeah, I can see the Tim Curry thing. Shorten up that hair, sure. So, um, <laughs> well, we, I guess we can do the origin story thing since we haven't spoken before. Uh, are you from the Pacific Northwest originally? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I lived in Washington State my whole life. Uh, grew up in a tiny logger town. <laughs> Uh, of South Bend, Washington, which made moving to Olympia, Washington, seem like the big city, but it's it's not. <laughs> it's uh weird. I was just watching a uh, I was doing work for my other job, and I sometimes I put on the uh, one of the TV channels on the computer there, and they had a, a documentary by DB Cooper, and they and a uh, big fascination of mine, and they talked a lot about the uh, the wilderness up there in the Northwest and yeah. how unforgiving it is. Yeah, yeah, D.B. Cooper, Bigfoot, they're all out there. That's right, yeah, yeah, Bigfoot, yeah, that's that's the other big one. Uh, Do you ever get caught up in any of that folklore or any of that interest to you, or is that kind of boring for the locals? No, I uh, I enjoy that. I would love, uh, I mean, I would love it if uh, there was some Bigfoot evidence. That would be fantastic. But uh, I'm starting to think it's not, because there's not, there's less, uh, wilderness that's not accessible anymore, and I think something would have happened by now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, getting back to you. Uh, yeah. Did you always want to be a, a comedian? Were you a funny kid growing up, and people said you'd be on a stage somewhere? Or did you have another career trajectory in mind when you were younger? You know, uh, when I, uh, I guess the reason I stayed in Olympia after. Uh, High school because it had uh, a really good punk rock music scene, and that was uh, that's what my passion was after high school. I was in bands. We, uh, you know, toured the country a couple times. Very low budget tour, but uh, and so that was really what I wanted to do and what I did do until I was uh, almost twenty seven before I started comedy. Uh-huh. Um, I did. I was a funny kid, but I never put it together like. That means I have an actual skill that could be, uh, make me a comedian someday. Um, but yeah, I did it. I wanted to do it once. I went to the Comedy Underground in Seattle and, uh, I liked it enough to go back. <laughs> also, in the beginning, it's really nice to compare yourself to other open mic comedians because some of them are, uh, legit, uh, insane people. So you're like, you know what? I'm pretty good. I'm <laughs> Compared to everyone else here, I made a lot of sense. I'm pretty good. Um, I need to interrupt you for one second. What are you looking for, Liza? Um, the heart plates. The heart plates. Uh, they would be with the plates there on top of the cabinet, or they might be inside the cabinet. There's only two places oh, they. If we have any, sorry, my my office is down in the basement, and my daughter's looking for something for Valentine's Day. Anyway, um, so it, was it a case of were you like a, a, when you were on stage doing music, were you kind of a a, a jovial musician? Because I know Mary Mac, you know, of course, jumped into comedy when she realized that her in between song banter was pretty hilarious, or people told right. her so. And yeah, and she decided, well, you know what, this would be a lot easier to be a comedian than have to lug around a bunch of musicians and ride around a bunch of other people. Yeah, I well, I was a drummer which is even more of a Dave Grohl thing. Uh, I, I was a drummer, and so, no, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of banter. I didn't even have a microphone most of the time. Um, but I def- when I started comedy, I think it was the first time I had an out-of-town paid show. They're like, we'll give you $100 in a hotel room. And coming from music, 
I was like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I couldn't believe my good fortune because the band was like, we crashed at someone's house and we all divided up $56. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, it, comedy, it might be a crazy, uh, business decision, but coming out of music, it actually <laughs> made a lot of sense. Did uh, your experience as a musician, though, at least on the uh, business end, uh, have any, help you at all with uh, with comedy, or did you have to kind of learn the ropes all over again? You know, I don't think it did. I don't think it did. I think it's just uh, it's an entirely different thing. And I, I think when I, you know, I was we were in, in I was in different bands, but they were loud and noisy and not for everyone. I mean, it, when you're playing music, if someone doesn't like your band, it's not that personal. You're like, well, you're old, or you're not our demographic, or you're... And, and comedy uh, is a little different. And, uh, you know, it, the rejection in comedy, if someone doesn't like you, is so personal. Especially when you have a personal act that when, when, people, when people don't respond to your comedy, you're like, oh, they don't like me as a person. <laughs> They don't. They don't care for me. So that that part was different. Where I'm like, I've never, I've never made any art uh, that's trying to be for everybody before. And I, I enjoyed that about comedy. I, I enjoyed the. Uh, you know what? I'm going for everybody. You know. And did that? We started off with kind of doing more like personal stuff happening in your life, or did you like do current events, or what? Or was it kind of a mishmash? What, what kind of was it like when you started? Before I did comedy, I sort of thought. I would be a David Cross type comedian, uh, really talking about society, maybe a little speaking truth to power. And uh, <laughs> it turns out I'm not great at that. And so it's a lot more uh, autobiographical things about my own life that people responded to. And I guess now it's, you know, pretty relatable as kind of a dad and, you know, you're still kind of, uh, I guess what they call a working comic. So uh, that must have an influence as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, I take, I take a lot of pride in if you don't have a life similar to mine, I think you will still find me funny. But, um, I, yeah, it certainly is an advantage to have a somewhat of a similar life to a lot of the audience that goes out to a comedy club. And so, uh, I know you've been on TV, uh, many times. Is it kind of your, your first, uh, foray into Minneapolis? I don't think I've seen you listed at one of the clubs before. No, I've uh, I've been not the new location, but I've been to the joke joint several times. Okay, all right. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah, at least three or four, anyway. Okay, yeah. We don't usually get to talk to joke joint comics simply because um, that room they don't put their uh, calendar up until about a month ahead of time, which you would think would be plenty. But I try to book interviews like three months out, sure. So it's usually toward the end. It's like, and unless like some of my friends in Cincinnati uh, will perform up there. And even them, I have to remind them, hey, if you're going to be up there, you need to let me know. <laughs> Otherwise, right, I will, right, 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 I'll right. be pitching the other two rooms and that'll be it. But um, so uh, you guys, you feel probably pretty at home in Minnesota, uh, you know, with it being you know, kind of a still northern uh, in that kind of a similar appeal to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, except for uh, the fact that Minnesota winter is uh, brutal and life altering and uh you know, Seattle area usually isn't. Uh, it's very, I think they're very similar cities. Uh, uh, you know, both pretty white. Uh, <laughs> Jim 
geographically. And, uh, yeah, I feel, uh, it's, uh, I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy going to Minnesota for sure. And so, uh, do you tour around a, a lot then? How, like, how often do you get to get out on the road or do you kind of yeah. stay more toward the northwest? You know what? It's, it is a lot. Uh, I, I'm probably gone 10, 12 days a month. Uh, not in a row, but, you know, I was in Wisconsin last week. Uh, you know, I'll be in St. Paul the, in March. I'll be in Tucson. I'll be in, you know, I, it's, uh, yeah, that's when you don't, you know, no one moves to Olympia, Washington for show business reasons. And so, uh, I can't really work in the TV industry if I want to live here. And so that's how I, uh, that's how I make my money is, uh, is uh, traveling and performing. Yeah, I guess it's a little rougher too, uh, out west because, um, everything is just so far apart. Like where I live in Cincinnati, uh, I know a guy that even moved here from St. Louis, which is still pretty centrally located but he said cincinnati is even better because you're closer to so many other big cities whereas if you're out where you are you've pretty much got to fly everywhere or it's a really really long car ride yeah absolutely it's uh it's it is an isolated little spot for sure i mean uh you know seattle and portland not that far apart but i mean if you go east boise oh yeah is eight or nine that's an eight or nine hour drive though uh, you know, if you go south, uh, Sacramento, that's a good 10 hours. I mean, you're right. There's not, there's not, uh, there's not a lot of stuff within driving range as far as major cities. And do you have any other like outlets for your uh, comedy or is it devoted mostly to stand up right now? Uh, I, well, I wrote a book called Happiness Isn't Funny. Oh, that's right. Stories of a Road Comic. Okay. Um, that's, uh, it came out in 2014, but I actually actually wrote most of it in 2010 and 11. It's like a year long journal I kept. Okay. Um, and uh, I also I have a podcast called Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge, which uh, actually I haven't been doing that that long. I'm only like seven episodes in, but those are uh, those are my other outlets right now. So the uh, the book is mostly what tales from the road, a- anecdotes, or what what kind of things are in there? Yeah, it's sort of part journal, part memoir. Uh, it's uh, it's mostly funny, but definitely a little more revealing than I meant to be. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's been, that, it, you know I got a good response to it. People seem to really enjoy it. It's hard to it's hard to be really honest and then. Uh, you know, when you're writing it, it's, it's sort of a hypothetical thing. But then when actually, when people actually read it and you're like, wow, these people know maybe more about me than I'm actually comfortable with. But, uh, yeah, there was, uh, I, I've gotten a good response from the book. And you got three albums out. Is that correct? I do. Uh, I have, uh, I actually have four, but please don't listen to the first one. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do it now. I've been on a pace of another album every two or three years, which uh, you know that's enough to enough to keep me motivated, enough to uh, uh, keep keep writing. Uh, and so that's uh, that's important to me too because I've, I've been doing this a long time, uh, eighteen years since my first open mic. You know, I'm forty five now. And, uh, it, that's, uh, 
that's sort of what motivates me now is the, uh, I guess the part I used to hate about comedy is it was never done. Meaning you write a good joke. You're like, okay, what's next? Write another one. And that, that part always drove me crazy, but that's actually what I like about it now is that it's never done. And, uh, I, I, uh, I sort of embrace that now where, uh, um, you know, when I do a new album, I'm like, okay, what's next? Not that I'm, I don't throw it all away and start over again. Like, okay. A lot of people. But, yeah. um, yeah, I'm at the level of fame where I don't have to. You know what I mean? No one's like, we saw that all on Netflix. Um, but yeah, in my head, I'm like, okay, that album's out. Let's start working on the next one. You know, and I, uh, that kind of stuff keeps me motivated. Um, just trying to stay off cruise ships, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just talking to somebody about that uh, the other day. Um, you know, that seems to be a lot less of a, um, a, 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 a you know, look down upon than it, than it used to be. The the boats, as they say, um, the I would, with, I would agree with that. I yeah. think that is that is changing, and it's definitely a um, it pays well. Um, uh, but it, uh, I guess, for my own. Uh, it pay, it pays, it pays well, but once you start doing it, you, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to do anything else. And, um, so, uh, I, I, I feel like I won't age out of cruise ship. So I'm like, that'll be there someday. But for now I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of my club schedule. I'm uh, very happy with, and I'm doing a lot of great places. And, uh, so, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing this as long as they'll have me. That is true. And, when, and also on, on cruise ships, uh, you know, all the food you can eat and all alcohol is a dollar, I think, for crew and staff. And uh, I might kill myself. So That'd be pretty tempting. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to die out there. No, no. And I guess when you're out on the water, too, it's hard to, like, stay in, in front of people and, you know, be booking gigs. Because whenever I've tried to interview guys that are doing the boats yeah. but then I come back to do clubs like well I'll I'll be uh, you know able to talk for uh, I have like an hour window when we're near land and then so it's it's you're yeah. really like yeah it's like being on another planet really for a while it can it can it can be isolating because you're not online all the time or, yeah. or phone access but I have a lot of good friends who do it and it, it is a nice I'm not looking down on it I just don't um you know, oh, yes, I do that... I do private events sometimes you know uh a corporate event for some company who wants entertainment and I don't mind doing it, but I'm also glad that's not all I do. And so what is your uh, set like these days? Is it still pretty much, you know, slice of life? What's happening to you or do you kind of introduce any current events into it or other types of stuff or? You know what? I don't, I don't do very many uh, current events. Uh, I tend to uh, not do too much topical material. Uh, it seems it, like I said, mostly autobiographical and, um, you know, I think part of that is for my own part of that is, uh, you know, sometimes you have great ideas that you think, oh, this is going to be this new idea I have. I'm going to write about it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a whole new thing. And then while you're thinking about that, one of my daughters does something hilarious to me and that spawns a new bit. So it's like I'm, I'm writing about the life that's actually happening, uh, and that's <laughs> that sort of gets in the ways of the lofty ideas sometimes. But for I guess for somewhat selfish reasons, as far as politics, I don't want to know what my audience feels about politics. I don't. I don't. 
I don't want to bring up Trump and have half the crowd go boo and half the crowd go yay or whatever that breakdown would be. I just, just for my own selfish reasons as a performer, I like thinking of everyone in the crowd as uh, we're all on the same page on everything, or at least we're going to be tonight. Yeah. And then we can go home and fight, we can go home and fight on Facebook later. <laughs> but, um, you know, I am a, I am a, I am a liberal person. I'm not afraid to say that, but I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't want to battle it out. I don't want to battle it out on stage when people aren't listening anyway on either side. So, um, uh, I, I think from my own, a little bit my own interest, I do stay away from topical political material. And I guess too, you know, uh, being home, uh, you said you're on the road 10 to 12 days a month, but you're also home a lot. So I guess there's, there's a lot of life happening yeah. to you, a lot of real life happening to you. You're not, you know, living in a motel room yeah. five days a week. So that was pretty Yeah, hot. absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny. Is a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the topics that were sort of considered hack topics for comedians to talk about, and, and whatever in the eighties or and I don't care about. I'm less worried about what hack is the longer I do comedy, but uh, they were all things. You know what I mean? Hotel rooms, uh, airline food. Uh, it's all things that traveling people would have jokes about because that was their life, right? So yeah. it's, it's no wonder uh, comedians tend to write similar bits uh, about things like that because it is a unique... So yeah, I do, to answer your question, I do think it's an advantage that I actually, not as much as I would like, but yeah, I have a very uh, a very normal home life um, a lot of the time. Cool. Well, great, man. Appreciate you taking the time away from uh, the family and whatnot to, to knock this out. And uh, oh, no problem. Yeah, have fun up there in Minneapolis. Hopefully, we'll get you down here sometime in Cincinnati as well. We've got uh, two nice rooms here. And, um, and yeah, it was great yeah, talking. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll pass uh, the word along then. And uh, it was great talking to you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, Gabriel. It. Bye-bye. Thanks to Gabriel Rutledge for being on the show. You can catch Gabriel, well, I'm not exactly sure, because he hasn't updated the tour link, uh, the tour dates on his tour link uh, tab there in on his uh, website, which, by the way, is GabrielRutledge.com for all your Gabriel Rutledge needs. I can tell you, though, he will be at the Joke Joint uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota, March 1st and 2nd. That's a Friday and Saturday. So you can go to the JokeJointComedyClub.com and get information on how to see Gabriel up there. Uh, you know, as far as other dates, not sure. That's a Let that be a lesson to you young comedians. Keep that website updated so people know where to find you. All right, there you go. All right, so usual plugs, even though there's anything new to report. Um, my boss at the day job asked if Lizzie was still doing her animations. I'm saying, no, she's too busy getting good grades, as you folks all know. So hopefully uh, when in the summer she'll be back at that. And uh, same thing with Hannah and her blog. So check those out as well. But in the meantime, Check Check Hey is, the, is um, Fangirl's blog and Nearly Liza YouTube video channel. If you haven't caught those already, you can catch up on uh, some of the back. I think there's three or four uh, mini little episodes there. All right. Um, I guess that's going to bring us to the song of the week then, isn't it? So song of the week is from a band called Stereo Honey. Uh, they are a quartet from London. I, this song is actually uh, a year or two old, and I can't even remember how I stumbled onto it, but um, 
Uh, I did, and uh, I always get them confused with a group that uh, nearly Liza likes called Honey, who are from Los Angeles. But this is Stereo Honey from London, and Honey from Los Angeles spells it, It's they stylize it all, in all caps, H-U-N-N-Y, I believe, where Stereo Honey, just standard spelling, you know, capital, uh, Stereo Capital Honey. Uh, so there you go. And they, they um, even though they seem like younger guys, they kind of put me more on the mind of like uh, kind of an older uh, indie alternative kind of thing, a keen, maybe a muse, if you will, uh, so something like that. Uh, it's it, kind of big sounding, even though it's just the four of those guys, kind of like Muses, you know, maybe, maybe AWOL Nation, something like that. So the uh, song is called The Bay. It's their big tune still. It's their most recognized song. And it's going to be our song of the week on PFT Recorders. So here we have Stereo Honey, The Bay, PFT Recorders. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs>